Welcome to the Fully Delighted Podcast, a hopeful and helpful resource from South Mountain Community Church, a multi-site church in Utah. Each week, we will be hearing from our staff as we explore what makes SMCC unique, as well as what it means to be fully devoted and fully delighted in Jesus Christ. We hope this podcast can be a helpful resource for you to take your next step with Jesus. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Fully Delighted Podcast. My name is Adam, and I get the privilege and honor of serving as the Campus Support Team Director here at South Mountain Community Church. And with me today is Eric on my left, Pastor Eric, and on my right, Pastor Paul. Per usual, guys, thank you for being here today. Hey, great to be here. I got to give Paul a shout out. Guys, he had another hole-in-one yesterday. How does that feel? (laughs) He wouldn't bring it up himself, but I thought I would. My I would have figured out a way to work it in, I think. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm you know, spiritual like, gifts. I, I actually feel a little bit guilty. <laughs> I've, I've had five hole-in-ones in my life, and there's people like Eric that are still praying for their first. <laughs> I've played golf most of my life, and I've never had a hole-in-one. And he's a much better golfer than me, so that there you go. Dude, that's so funny. <laughs> hey, you get lucky every once in a while, Paul. I know. Well, Not me. Five times. There you go. Yeah, he told me that he is. This is his fifth one, so that's the hole's right by cool. his house. And Adam says it's not fair. You it's studied fair. every break <laughs> on that green. He sits on his porch with his binoculars, <laughs> like studying it, and like you, know, you can't so. see the hole from his house, but okay. it's very close. Yeah. All right, so for our listeners, we are now in First Corinthians twelve. Um, like I say, every week we are reading from the New International Version, the NIV, if you want to follow along with us. And um, we're just going to go through it, give some commentary, um, kind of per usual. If you haven't listened before, probably go back and listen to the, to the first episode of this season. And Real quick, I just want to add, um, Paul's getting to a point in the letter where he's dealing with things that are causing divisions. And today we have two major topics that are still very divisive. Uh, one is gifts in the church, and the other is how you approach the body of Christ. Yeah, and an overall kind of like a 30,000-foot view of this chapter especially is there is there's a confusion about the purpose of gifts. The purpose of gifts were to, the sign gifts, signs and wonders, was to establish the authority of biblical scripture writers. Mm-hmm. For instance, people like the Apostle Paul, John, Peter, people like that. So now people were making it all about them. Yep. And it was drawing attention to themselves. They were misusing these gifts. They made it a me thing. <laughs> it was a me thing. And yeah. and when church becomes a me thing, you're doing it wrong. Right. And uh, and by the way, that is how a lot of people approach church today, unfortunately. If you show up saying, what's in it for me? Um, you will uh, like a church for a season and then and then disconnect and go find another one, and it'll just not be healthy long-term for your discipleship. Um, I think the way tongues connects with the body of Christ language in this chapter is that their personal approach to tongues was actually hurting the body. And so that's this connection in the context. So with that, Adam, let's, uh, let's dive in. Yeah, let's go ahead and jump in and start reading. Jesus is the Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. I think it's helpful to do a little historical um, conversation here into what pagan worship looked like, because pagan worship at the time, um, inside of temples, inside of other cult religions, it consisted of some psychological phenomena, a lot of chanting, a lot of mindless um, utterances, ecstatic utterances and chants, where um, people gave the use of their mind over to the experience, and that we don't want that to happen. Jesus used the term endless repetition, yep. and he said, don't pray like that, using endless repre- rep- repetition like the pagans do. Right. And so... If you're a cult leader, by the way, one of the ways to have control over people is to 
have them turn their brains off, fall into a chant-like experience with a whole bunch of people, because then you have their loyalty and you are the authority. And so this is a, a kind of a common thing to see, and it seems like the Apostle Paul's guarding against that mm. um, in the first century. So I think that's some helpful um, background. They were having a powerful experience of something Mm-hmm. but it wasn't God. And I just think that's a helpful way to think mm-hmm. about your spiritual experience, whatever it might be. Hmm. Interesting, yeah. Uh, should we move on to four, and f- uh, four through six, actually, a couple of short verses here? Yeah. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Yeah, I just want to say two things here. He wrapped up that previous paragraph by saying, Uh, Jesus is Lord. That's how you evaluate a spiritual experience. If he's at the center of it, you know that because he's treated as the Lord or the authority of that gathering, of that worship service. And so in these ecstatic utterance type moments, um, hard to know the content of that gathering. And so that's what the Apostle Paul is getting at. Then he goes into this next section. And, uh, you know, it seems from this section that the Apostle Paul needs to say, look, guys, there are different gifts, but it's still the same God behind them. They are probably thinking different gifts means different gods, means maybe different uh, approach to following Jesus, and the Apostle Paul needs to draw them together. Mm. In 1 Peter 4.10, it says, use your gift to serve one another. And so that's the emphasis of the Apostle Paul here. He's just saying, hey, you've been given a special ability uh, to serve the purposes of God. It's unique uh, in that it's it's personal to you. And and so don't forget the purpose of that is to serve. That's yeah. it. Calling it your spiritual gift is a bit misleading because mm. it's as if thinking, it, it leads someone to think that it's for them, right? No, it's, it, it's your gift, but it's for someone else. It's to be a gift to another. Right. Mm. And I think calling it your spiritual gift kind of turns it inward and makes it self-focused. It's your gift to give. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm. Cool. So let's do a big chunk here, verses 7 through 11 now. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. All right, Paul, you want to break some of well, this down? I think it's important to get some definitions here. Um, probably the most controversial one is what is tongues. It just simply means languages. And it's exactly what we saw take place in Acts chapter 2, when the disciples were given this ability to speak in the language of the Jewish people that were visiting Jerusalem because of Passover. They heard the gospel in their own language. It was a known language. So it's, these, this is a known language, and this, was, this has an evangelistic edge to it. Mm-hmm. This, this is the purpose, is to communicate the gospel. And so any kind of just a static utterances, uh, meaningless repetition of syllables, whatever that might be, is not the biblical gift of tongues. Yeah, as a language unknown to the speaker, but known by the hearer. There and, and I think it's really important to, to have thought that through. Yeah, so your spiritual gift, it's uh, given to you, but not primarily for you. And um, Paul, there's a lot of 
people at SMCC who come from charismatic churches. Um, you know, some would call that a spirit-led church. And sometimes people show up at SMCC and think, this is not a charismatic church, uh, and that's, that's true in some senses. Um, they also would say, though, is this a spirit-led church? Where's the Holy Spirit here at SMCC? Mm-hmm. How would you answer that question, Paul? Well, I would try to be sensitive to the fact that they've kind of been under a whole different vibe of yeah, teaching. framework. Yeah, and, and it's very experiential, and it starts with a bad way to look at at the concept of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is simply the fact that the that the Holy Spirit places every believer in Christ or baptizes them into the family of God. This is, you know, oftentimes this phrase is used, in Christ. And he's in us and we're in him. That's the baptism of the Holy Spirit that accomplished that. Now, it is not necessarily accompanied with any kind of speaking in tongues. Mm -hmm. Now, there was occasions in the book of Acts where we see that taking place, but it it was to show that the same Spirit came upon them as the disciples in Acts 2. It was a testimony to the fact that they're just as much of a believer in Jesus Christ and accepted into his family as anybody who originally were following Jesus. Yeah. When someone describes their church as spirit-led, I think they're usually talking more about the way they approach their environments, not actually a theology of the Holy Spirit. Because if we were to go to John chapter 16, looking at what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit, this is, this is so key. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear, but when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, the Holy Spirit, personal He, He will guide you into all the truth. So what should a spirit-led church be doing? Guiding people into all the truth. Mm -hmm. Uh, He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it's from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. So what's a spirit-led church do? Glorifies Jesus, okay? So a church like SMCC that glorifies Jesus and wants to lead people into truth, that's a spirit-led church. I think one of the most misunderstood Uh, ministries of the Holy Spirit is what I call illumination. This is the idea that uh, the Holy Spirit makes the Word of God come alive in us. Mm -hmm. And you can tell, we're we're people that don't have a relationship with Christ, read the Bible, sometimes it can just be literature, it's just words on a page. But when a person has been placed into Christ by the Holy Spirit, and now the Holy Spirit is active in their life, producing fruit, but more importantly, producing illumination of Mm -hmm. the Word of God. Something special happens. They are transformed by the Word. That's right. I think the big misconception in in Christian subculture today is that the Holy Spirit's work is somehow in the mystical, the magical, the um, random and sporadic. That's so unfortunate. Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right. Unfortunately, today, the Spirit's work is separate from God's Word, mm. and, and in some ways, it's superior to the Word of God. Wow. And, and so people say, I got a Word from God, directly from God, and, and they emphasize that versus, hey, God, open my eyes to new truth and also to my own behavior. Mm. You know, I was convicted by the Holy Spirit. See, I think that... This is a major problem with so many churches today. They separate the Holy Spirit from the Word of God. The two belong together 
always. So at SMCC, here's how this fleshes itself out in a really practical way. We have this value with our worship teams and our services that if it's not pl- if it's not uh, planned or practiced, it's not performed. Now, we're not performing on Sunday, but you get what I mean. We don't we don't ask people to experience something from us unless we've thought through the experience, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, people who come here from other churches often say, that's so structured, that's so corporate. You haven't uh, <laughs> left room for the Holy Spirit yeah. to work. And I just like to tell people, don't you think the Holy Spirit's at work in the planning when I write down the prayer mm-hmm. or when the worship leader plans out their prayer? Where's the Holy Spirit then? You think yeah. the Holy Spirit just shows up last minute, you know, late to the party? No, he's at work. And so An- Another idea that's kind of... I think off is that we have to invite the Holy Spirit to come, to dwell, to mm-hmm. work. No, the Holy Spirit is in us. So whenever believers are gathered, the Holy Spirit is there working mm-hmm. and illuminating and encouraging and bearing fruit and all that. It's all going on. He's there whether you want Him there or not. Yeah, there's plenty of worship songs that say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Fill this room. We invite you. And I and I think, you know, to be kind to those people, although it's unclear, what they probably mean is, God, we're inviting you to transform us today. That's probably what they mean. But that's not what they said. <laughs> exactly. What they what they what they are saying is that God's like, you know, the haze in the room fills the building. No, he's yeah. inside of people's lives, inside of us. And so, man, it's just so misleading. I think the million dollar question here of this section, Paul, before we go to the body of Christ section, is do the gifts still exist today? Do these mm-hmm. gifts still happen? Have they ceased? How would you describe that? Well, Peter, people that are much smarter than I disagree on, on this topic, but let's go back to the original purpose of these sign gifts, and that is to point to the authority of the Scripture writer, mm-hmm. Okay, to establish authority um, to the Scripture. I would say that God can do anything He wants, especially in terms of miracles, things like this, but those kind of things would be rare and remarkable. Mm -hmm. And that's how we like to think of those things. I don't know that we can go through this list and say, that one's still in operation, that one's not, that one is, that Mm -hmm. one's not. I I just think we need need to be faithful to Christ and uh, be honest in our prayers for people. And for instance, God, we're asking for a miracle here. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't happen, we trust your purposes. Mm -hmm. Yep. And to someone who would critique that approach, Paul, and say, hey... um, you know, you're just you're coming out there with a confirmation bias. You want to have a church that looks like this for this this type of person. I want everybody to know that the next section is the Apostle Paul talking about love, desire, love. It's the greatest kind of the greatest of these is love. And so it seems to me the Apostle Paul is saying, we know where all these sign gifts fit and they're valuable, but you know what you should really be after, church. Love, And I think that that's what you're describing. We want to create a loving environment, open to the fact that God can do whatever He wants, but we're going to be a place where maturity is measured by love. That seems to be the logical flow from from 1 Corinthians 12 into 13. Got it. So let's take a look at this. So verses 12 through 14, just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. I just want to pause there because that section uh, can be translated by charismatic communicators as you must speak in tongues, right? 
And that is such a dangerous approach. I've met so many Christians who just feel second class because they've been told all real Jesus followers speak in tongues, and they never, and they just never have. And so it's so unfortunate that the Apostle Paul is trying to draw the body together, and people are using these passages to talk about tongues in a way that divides the mm. body. Let me just throw this in. Ten of eleven early church fathers referred to uh, the gift of tongues or speaking in tongues uh, in a way that's consistent with Acts 2, mm-hmm. a known language. Of, it's a missionary gift. It's it's for the people that don't speak the language of the speaker, and so it's a gift to those people so that they can <laughs> hear the gospel. Ten out of 11 early church fathers agreed with that yeah. view. That's that's so so important. The other day I was hanging out with some people and I didn't speak their language and I was oh I was at Alberto's campus, international campus. And I was like, God, if there was ever a time to give me the gift of tongues, it would be right <laughs> now. And uh, it didn't didn't happen. But anyways, that's why Alberto's there. <laughs> you can yeah. translate. Um but uh, in this section, to be baptized by the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit is the one that places you into the body of Christ, not as, you know, a baptism of the Holy Spirit means these miraculous sign gifts all of, su- all of a sudden appear in, in your life. Now, Paul, I just found this out about you, but it's true of me that there was a period in your life where you thought or you did speak in tongues, probably thought you spoke. It was spoke. not a biblical tongues. Right. I, I would consider it from my vantage point today as a psychological phenomenon. Mm-hmm. It's part of the power of the mind being influenced by the group mm-hmm. and, and suggestion. It's yeah. It's 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 crazy how our minds work. Yeah. And yeah. we're open we're open to be manipulated whether we realize it or not. Right, right. And when you set the stage and you uh, set the mood and you create an atmosphere where groupthink can take go right to the next level, mm-hmm. where it's group hypnosis almost, mm-hmm. that type of thing, I think that's what I experienced. You know what? It's so funny. I've known you for many years now, and like we've never talked about this. I had the exact same experience. Uh, I was probably... 2019 going I hung out with this charismatic group of guys and I went to my buddy Jamie's house and we had this prayer meeting and everybody just started laying around the room speaking in tongues you know mm-hmm. and I had never done that before but I did the same thing what and they term speaking what, in tongues exactly yes and I appreciate that distinction um, and I look back and I'm like what what was that and it's probably what you just described should make the distinction. I thought you said in 2019. I, oh no, when, when I was, was when I was 20 or 19, 19 yes. not in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and keep moving. I think this this passage is really kind of cool. So let's let's keep reading through it. 15 um, all the way through 20 now verses. Now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not it it would not for that reason stop being part of the of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body would be or were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Yeah, it seems like uh, some people had certain gifts, and everybody wanted those gifts. And Paul's like, guys, that's not the point of this. And... Um, you know, this st- still is really important when I think about our church and our church family. I think I, and our staff. You know, yeah. Um, it's easy to be drawn to people who are like you, um, 
But we have a staff that's uh, pretty diverse um, in talent and personality, attitude, wiring. And uh, I think that makes us uh, a, a richer staff. And um, yeah. I think it's really cool, you know, if, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, I can't sing like those people on stage, or I can't preach like those people on stage, or I, you know, I just don't know where I fit. This, this section of this chapter lets you know there is a place for you in the body of Christ, and you've been gifted for that. And I just think that's yeah. really encouraging. If we've made one mistake, which we've made many mistakes as a modern church, it's we've exalted the platform gifts, and mm-hmm. we've basically diminished the importance of all the other gifts. Mm-hmm. And that's unfortunate, and we're going to get into that right now. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So verses 21 through 26 say this, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and the parts that we think are less honorable we treat with special honor. Okay, this next section, listen carefully. This gets interesting. A little PG-13, you know, you know, human <laughs> you know, body anatomy. class. Well, yeah, anatomy class. Listen yeah. to this next part, yeah. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should be or should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. There is nothing more beautiful than when the body is doing this, mm-hmm. taking care of their weakest member mm-hmm. and being supportive, uh, just being there for each other. Yeah, honoring. What mm-hmm. a, I just love that word. I think we've, in an honor-shame culture, uh, there were some challenges, which the first century was an honor-shame culture. Um, we've walked away from honor-shame culture because we wanted to walk away from shame. I wish the West would have kept the honor. Um, part, yeah. because it's really great to look at somebody and say, I respect you, I've considered you, uh, I lift you up, um, mm-hmm. I care about you. And yeah. uh, in many ways, we've walked away from that. I think this is a challenge to maybe all of us to thank that person that's doing something behind the scenes, isn't mm-hmm. so public in what they're doing, thanking people for for instance, for praying. Mm-hmm. Thank you for praying for mm-hmm. me, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. This is something that's done secretly. And so it's an important gift. Uh, let me tell you guys a quick story. There's a gal that has gone to the Lehigh campus since day one. Her name's Sylvia. I don't know if she listens to this podcast. She's from Brazil, and uh, she's here as a teacher. And so she often goes back to Brazil. Uh, I didn't even know she was going, but she came back. And on Sunday, a couple Sundays ago, I saw her. And she said, I have something for you. And she has her Brazilian accent. And mm-hmm. She brought my kids two soccer jerseys from the main team in Brazil, and it has my kids' names on the jersey, Nora and Jack. Fun. All the way from Brazil. (laughs) And I'm like, Sylvia. And like, we're not like that close. Like, I've never, Mm -hmm. you know, she's never been over for dinner. Like, I just see her every Sunday. And for her to consider doing that for me and my kids, I'll never forget it. I was like, you went to all this trouble, flew these jerseys, paid for these jerseys, put my kids' names on them. Sylvia, I'm so grateful for you. She goes, I'm grateful for you. And I'm like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. No one would ever know that. But but that is someone in our church that's just ah, just so ready to serve. Yeah, you know? she yeah. honored you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, and my kids, you know, mm-hmm. honor my kids, you honor me. <laughs> no, yeah, that's that's absolutely true. And I just love to reorient reorientate our listeners quickly to go through this section. It's so cool. I think to realize we were talking about, you know, tongues and these things that, you know, is kind of controversial, but yet there's this huge section on how different people have different giftings, yet it's one body. Like, there's way more of an emphasis on unity here than there is 
even on gift. Yeah, I agree. Right. I mean, yeah, it's and great. that's why I had to write this section. They were getting it wrong. Yeah, you know? exactly. So let's do verses 21 through 20. Oh, wait, did I already read that section? 27. Um, yeah, I didn't scroll my screen yet. 27 through 31. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and all of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. The expected answer to all those questions is no, mm-hmm. obviously not. So don't be freaked out if you don't have someone else's gift. Yep. And if, but he says, e- eagerly desire the, the greater gift, meaning if you can be influential with a lot of people, go for it. I mean, do mm-hmm. it. He's, you know, he's, he's not telling them, you know, stop investing in your spiritual maturity. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I'll just sit back because God hasn't given me anything. You know, let's, let's take your next step. Yeah. And I just think this is a good moment to just say thank you to everybody who served on Easter. I, I think that... Um, Man, so much work went into the Easter weekend behind the scenes. Um, oh, yeah. So we, you know, we, if you were at Easter weekend, you've seen the the photo shoot we did out in the salt flats with those signs. And so many people were like, were those CGI? Were those fake? And it's like, no, people put those in the ground by hand. You know, people yeah. behind the scenes around here make SMCC great. And I'm just so grateful for those people. So um, I want to honor you by saying thank you. Couldn't do it without you. Yeah. And as we wrap up this section in the podcast for dates, I just love how... There's this lead up, I guess, if you're at home looking at this, there's a lead up here. So we went from giftings to the body. And now Paul's, even at the end of the section, it's showing, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. Love. So he's leading into something here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I just want to say this. If you listen to this podcast, you're on the fringes of SMCC. So glad you've been tuning in. Um, if you don't, have a place in the body. I want to encourage you to do that. that oh my gosh, just get yeah. involved somewhere. Try a few different places. Try a few things. You'll see the gift yep. that you have uh, bear fruit as you just start practicing. You know, you just got to practice. Yeah. And and this alludes to this. This passage alludes to all the one another's of the New Testament. And if you're lonely, there's no better formula to. Uh, extinguish that loneliness in you, except for you to actually serve other people mm-hmm. and allow them to serve you. Be a part of a body. Yeah, it gives you purpose. It gives you meaning. It gives you direction in life. All these kind of things are really the cure for so many problems that we have in terms of loneliness. Yeah, That's right. and l- and let's kind of put these two things really uh, knit them together here at the end as we wrap up. It's really cool to talk about you know these these things that people may not even know that are happening, and yet find your place in the body. There might be somebody out there who's like, oh, I, I, uh, I work a lot on the weekend, so it's hard for me to serve on a team. Well, do you know that there's at every campus there has to be somebody who like organizes in the back of the chairs the connect card and the pens and the envelopes mm-hmm. that for an hour somebody comes in, maybe they pop in earpods and uh, airpods and listen to music while they're just checking every chair, making sure it's organized that people can grab what they need to grab. Like that is something that is unseen. So important, and yet there's flexibility in how I serve. It doesn't just have to be like on a Sunday. It could be at nine o'clock at night when you get out of work or something. Like there's opportunities to be a part of the body in that. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think one of the things built into this section that's so interesting when it comes to purpose. You know, everyone wants to live with purpose, and the Apostle Paul is saying God has gifted you for a great purpose. Mm-hmm. 
The reality of that, though, is purpose has limits. And we live in a culture that loves freedom. But if you want to serve, you want to have purpose, um, there will be a limit on that because you're going to have to commit to others. And um, mm. I think that's what you have yeah. to wrestle down is I want freedom and purpose. Uh, that There's an inverse relationship between those things. Yeah. So um, the invitation here is to say yes to purpose, even when you say no to yourself at times. And that's where he goes next with the love chapter. So great stuff here from the Apostle Paul. Yeah, great teaser to leave off with. And Obviously, he's being led by the Holy Spirit, so <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you guys for being here. We're going to go ahead and wrap up again. Please leave us a review if you haven't on your uh, podcast platform or service that you're listening to. Again, if you want to check out our other podcasts that we have, go to smccutah.org slash podcast. Thank you for being here. We will see you again next week. Thanks again for joining us for the Fully Delighted Podcast. If you enjoyed this hopeful and helpful resource, we'd love to have you leave us a review or share an episode with a friend. For more information about SMCC, please visit us at our website at smccutah.org. Thank you for trusting us with your time, and we look forward to having you back again soon.